Watermark Golf Media. In a world where talk is cheap, someone should be paying you to listen to this podcast. It's the Lip Outs Podcast with your host, golf course architect, author, and former looper for the llama, Nathan Crace. And now, from deep within the recesses of the basement beneath the studio at Watermark Golf Media, the man of the hour, the tower of power, too sweet to be sour, make you say, woo, like Jerry Clower. Ladies and gentlemen, Nathan Crace. Thank you, thank you, everyone. Please, please take a seat. Thank you. I appreciate all of you taking the time to be here for the briefing this evening because I know that slow play is a very important topic to a lot of people. A lot of people. It's huge. And I cannot begin to overstate that fact. Let me start by thanking Commissioner Jay Monahan for creating this position and appointing yours truly to take the reins as we work together in a bipartisan manner to resolve the issue. I also want to thank the player advisors who are with us this evening. Brooks Fastlane Kepka, Dustin Speedy Johnson, and Bill Hustle-Haas for agreeing to work as co-chairs of my first committee and for being player representatives for implementation of the exciting new policy we will be discussing here this evening. I should also note that I politely decline Ben Crane's offer to assist. <laughs> I'll be presenting the 30,000-foot view of the new policy and how our office will implement and enforce that policy, but we're not going to drill down too deeply just yet. We have a framework, but the details are fluid right now and subject to change. Not unlike the putter of a player struggling with strokes gain putting. Now for the reason we're all here. Slow play is killing the game of golf. I know it. You know it. Everybody knows it. If we want to grow the game with juniors and millennials, we must reduce the time it takes to play 18 holes from just above glacial formation to just under four hours. The PGA Tour has finally realized how bad the problem is, thanks to the outpouring of spite and hatred on Twitter after the Genesis Open and the AT&T Pro-Am the week before. They've appointed me to implement my new system to not only address the issue, but to solve it once and for all. As you know, the European Tour has shot clocks, and they seem to be making an impact. We thought about doing the same thing, using a cooperative crossover with Rolex, but a recent study showed that most young American viewers cannot read an analog clock face, so we had to nix that idea. That said, I don't want to put a bandage on the gaping, sucking wound that is slow play. I want to heal that wound forever before we have to amputate. So instead of addressing the issue player by player with a shot clock, we're going to drill down to the source of the problem. After that, I hope our peers at the USGA and the state and local golf associations will allow the trickle-down economics of saving time to work their magic. That way, amateurs will reap the benefits of following our lead. If so, soon young players will emulate Rory McIlroy's pace of play and not, well, some of the slower players, and millennials will find renewed interest in playing actual golf, hopefully catching an Uber to play 18 at their local Muni instead of Top Golf, or playing disc golf at the park or, heaven forbid, soccer. <laughs> now for some of the more pertinent details of my solution. My approach utilizes a new methodology I have invented and patented called the TTI Index, or Time to Impact Index. 
We were originally going to go with seconds to impact. However, polling showed that the acronym STI caused confusion and HIPAA concerns among some of the younger single players, but I digress. The TTI index, used in conjunction with my three-prong enforcement approach, will rid the tour of five- and six-hour rounds within months, increase the enjoyment of viewers, quiet the trolls on Twitter, and allow Nick Faldo and Jim Nance more quality time with their families at home instead of staying over on Sunday nights to finish events on Monday mornings. As an added bonus, the TTI index is easier to calculate than strokes gained putting, not to mention easier to understand for the viewers at home, and not nearly as confusing as, say, the NFL's passer rating. Uh, any questions so far? Yes, you there in the front row. Question? I- I'm sorry, we don't have microphones. I'll just repeat the question so everyone can hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, the question is, who am I, and why would the commissioner appoint me as the slow play czar? Okay, next question. Yes, uh, you there in the fourth row. No, no, not you. Yes, yes, you. Your question? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, how is the TTI index calculated, and what is the three-prong enforcement approach? Both excellent questions. I'll handle the first one first. The TTI, or Time to Impact Index, measures the amount of time it takes a player to actually play a shot. No more ridiculous guidelines that are never enforced, like 50 seconds for the first player, 40 seconds for the second, and so on. Every player in the field of each event will have an index, and that index is measured in three separate categories. Tee shots, putts, and others. The TTI index for a tee shot measures the time in seconds between the instant the player places the ball on the tee until impact. For putting, the TTI measures the time between placing a marked ball back on the green and stroking the putt. And it's important to note that tap-ins are not used to calculate a player's TTI because that would artificially skew the index lower. The others category includes approach shots to greens, layups on par 5 holes, though most of these guys don't do that anymore anyway, and pitches, chips, flops, bunker shots, and an occasional shame. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot we're not supposed to say that word. Uh, you with me so far? Uh, yes, you have another question? Mm-hmm. Back to me being appointed as czar. All right, good. Moving on. Because the TTI index is measured in seconds and tenths of a second, the lower a player's TTI index, the better. Much like the game itself. The TTI for every shot in a round is measured and divided by the number of strokes played in that round, except for tap-in putts, of course. That average for the round is the player's TTI index for that round. For a tournament, the four-round average would be used to calculate the player's tournament TTI index. But don't worry. If a player misses the cut, they will still have their two-round TTI index calculated. We don't want anyone to miss out on the enforcement phase because that's where the fun begins. Uh, see, we have a question right up here in the front. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right, the question is, we would have to have an army of people to measure the TTI for every player on every shot. How can the tour afford to do that? You're right. That was an initial stumbling block. We know the tour has very limited funds and struggles some weeks to even fuel the corporate jet. There have even been times when some of the top officials could only fill the tanks on the jet to three-quarters or even, well, fly commercially. That's why the first prong is technology. We will use the shot link system that's already in place at every tour event to measure the TTI of every shot of every player. If we already have a system so advanced that we can tell you Phil Mickelson is 321.8 yards from the tee and 172.3 yards from the pin on a given hole, in real time, with cool video graphics and tracer technology, surely we can connect stopwatch to it. We just need to make a few upgrades. So the infrastructure is already there, and my 13-year-old nephew and his friends tell me they'll have it up and running for testing by next Monday, depending on how far they get in the Fortnite tournament this weekend. Yes, uh, you, sir, from ESPN in the back with a very large and quite manly beard. Question? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, okay, the question is, can I explain how the TTI index is used to implement the three-pronged enforcement approach? 
Ah, yes, that's the genius in all of this. After technology, the second and third prongs are money and public shaming. And before you ask about that last one, I know it's 2019 and we're all supposed to be woke and not shame anyone anymore, but desperate times call for desperate measures. Plus, I think I saw on the news the other day that it's cool now to shame millionaires. What's that? How does it speed up play? Another great question, old bearded one. As I said, the second prong is money. PGA Tour members are essentially contract laborers, and like any contractor, the goal is to earn as much money as possible whenever they're working. As the old adage goes, you have to make hay while the sun shines, although there hasn't been much of that the last two weeks. We'll use a player's TTI index each week to hit the slowest players where it hurts, in the checkbook. But we'll also reward the fastest players by TTI index where it hurts us, in the checkbook. It's a real carrot and stick approach. If your TTI index is bad, you get the stick and a fine. If your TTI index is good, you get a bonus and a carrot-infused smoothie or latte, your choice. The top 25 in ties and best TTI index each week will receive cash for their fast play. The bottom 25 in ties and worst TTI index each week will have to pay a fine to the office of the slow play czar, which we will in turn use to pay the players on the top of the list. If you're in the middle, you're safe that week. We thought about letting the bottom 25 make a donation to a charity of their choice with their fine, but we don't want to be handing out tax write-offs. We want the fine to hurt, like the sting of an old-school knit head cover across their sunburned faces. Below the tan line of their caps, of course. Uh, yes, you again? How much will the fines and the bonuses be? Uh, well, we're still working the details out on that. We want the fines to be enough to encourage players to not want to be in the worst 25, but not so much that they can't afford their plane ticket to the next tour stop. Maybe we'll do it based on a percentage of the purse, like we calculate winnings. And, as an added incentive not to be on the bottom of the list, those fines must be paid to the czar before the player will be allowed to play in another tour event. There is one caveat. If 92.6% of every round for the field for the week is below 4 hours and 15 minutes, there will be no penalties or public shaming that week. I mean, come on. I'm not an animal. Okay, you right here. Mm -hmm. How will the public shaming work? Well, most of you have a pretty good handle on that already. Just ask Matt Kuchar. But to answer your question, we will be listing the worst 25 and the best 25 players by their TTI index and the amounts paid in or received each week on the tour's website and on the new Slow Play Czar app, available in the Apple Store or Google Play for those of you still clinging to your Android devices. And we'll encourage player shaming on Twitter and other forms of social media, as well as praise for those consistently in the top 25 in TTI index. Again, we feel the shaming aspect of enforcement will come naturally to most every fan using social media anyway, as evidenced by tweets the past two weeks. Okay, another question uh, in the back from my bearded friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How will all of this make a difference? The system in place already isn't being enforced. Why do we think this would be any different? Man, you asked some great questions. First, the old system is gone. Never again will J.B. Holmes be told he's on the clock by a timid tour official concerned about becoming the focus of his ire and steely gaze. Besides, that disrupts play for the other players in the group, and why should Matt Every have his round bumped or risk being assessed a penalty because he's paired with Kevin Na? Instead, the new system will be lurking in the subconscious of every player for every step they take, every move they make, every smile they fake. We'll be watching. Think about it. The nagging thought that their TTI index is quietly being calculated by a bank of IBM laptops and a discreet tour trailer on the periphery of the clubhouse parking lot will always be in the back of every player's mind. They will be forced to train differently and think differently. 
they will have to put in time on the range to alter their pre-shot routines and have them finely tuned for competition. Their trainers, sports psychologists, life coaches, and shamans will have to realign their thinking to always be mindful of improving their TTI index. But they can't take improvement for granted because real-time data will not be made available during an event. They will not be allowed to ask Roger Maltby, How's my TTI looking, Raj? When he's walking with them because no one will know until the weekly numbers are calculated, verified by the accounting firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe, and made public on the website after the final round. Every player on tour will always be thinking, I wonder what my TTI was today, and therefore be incentivized to speed up a bit on every shot just to play it safe. Uh, back here to the, uh, you in the front. Mm-hmm. What role do the television networks play in the new program? Well, none really. This is an in-house tour program. We don't expect the networks to put clocks on the screen. They have enough graphics distracting us from the actual golf as it is. But it's a different business than it used to be when I was just a young little czar. Back in the day, they would cut off coverage if the final round ran long on a Sunday to be sure viewers didn't miss the start of WKRP in Cincinnati or Charlie's Angels. Now when they run long, they just shift coverage to another network, sometimes even a competing network. And we know some of you in the media have become jaded, and you think that both the tour and the networks turn a blind eye to slow play because it means more time to sell more commercials. But I stand before you today to say that could not be further from the truth. Now excuse me while we take a 60-second limited commercial interruption for a word from our press conference sponsors. HalfPaintGunWillTravel.com If you haven't been to the website, if you haven't seen the gear that's available there, you need to go check it out. They have these great hats, uh, these real nice heavy metallic ball markers with the Half Paint Gun Will Travel silhouette on it. It's unique. It's unmistakable. You can't get it anywhere else. And now they've also added a line of t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, those really nice stainless steel uh, travel mugs, all with the logo on it. You got to go check it out. You can only get it online and you can only get it at havepaintgunwilltravel.com. Okay, thank you. Uh, the next question, your question here in the front. Mm-hmm. Do I know this idea sounds crazy? Well, am I crazy? Or is this idea so crazy that it might actually work? If the existing system isn't being enforced, then why have it? If police don't enforce the speed limit, then everyone will speed. Wait, bad analogy. This is the opposite of speeding. Uh, anyway, we have to throw out the old system and think outside the box. Time is money. Money is time, and we have to do something for the future of the game. To sit idly by and say things like, Well, they play for a lot of money, so it only makes sense to take seven minutes to line up a putt before they miss it anyway is placing an individual's narcissism ahead of the game and the respect for one's fellow competitors. For example, Brooks here plays fast, and he's won a time or two recently, including three of the last six majors. I mean, come on, folks. Something's got to be done, and hand-wringing, complaining, and social media snarking are getting us nowhere. If more players like Brooks would stand up and say something, it might help. But most players are not comfortable telling other players to speed up. It's awkward, it's not their job to police other players, and it makes for a very uncomfortable ride on the Gulf Stream back to Juneau Beach. The TTI index is the only fair way to address the problem. The computer has no favorites because the system sees only seconds on a clock. No one has to slip out onto the course and explain to Jason Day that he needs to speed up or he'll be put on the clock. Because everyone is on the clock on every shot. Its true genius is in its simplicity. You over here on the, uh, on the right in the blue pullover? Mm-hmm. When will the new system be implemented? Good question. We hope to test it in New Orleans at the Zurich Classic. We think players will be more relaxed there because of the team format and the Hurricanes from Pat O'Brien's. We'll see how that works and then hopefully do a full rollout after the Masters. Your question? Mm -hmm. Will this apply to the Masters? Well, you'll have to ask their czar. My office only handles sanctioned PGA Tour events and the PGA Championship. 
Which reminds me, you guys on the web.com and Champions Tour need to step it up too. We're coming for you next. Now I know it's getting late or early depending on who you're going out on the town with tonight. So any more questions? None? Nobody? All right, good deal. I have to fly back to Ponte Vedra and clear out my condo before the realtor comes over to list it and then skedaddle over to Frisco and move my stuff into Jerry Jones's guest house. What's that? No, I'm not friends with Jerry Jones, but his guest house is so big I'm hoping he doesn't realize I'm there before I find a house. Thanks again for coming this evening, and if you need any more information, you can visit the official Slow Play Czar website at slowplayzar.com and follow our office Twitter account at slowplayzar for updates. And for those of you who went to public school like I did, czar is spelled C-Z-A-R. Once again, thank you, God bless you, God bless America, and God bless this beautiful game. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Watermark Golf Media. All rights reserved.